While we turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, any of the children that do go out for the class, I guess is already going. Okay. You have a sheet that I have passed out to you that we invented about 10 years ago. We're not going to cover that. Anyone didn't get it? It's called 10 Directions of Love. And uh, anyone need one of those? Raise your hand. 10 Directions of Love. It's a, it's a wagon wheel with at the hub is a heart. And then there's 10 spokes. Okay, 10 spokes. And I used a wagon wheel when I invented this thing here to remind us that love is action. It doesn't stand still. They didn't make wagon wheels just as or, something ornamental. They, they made them to be used to uh, travel, uh, to go in some direction. And uh, love is always active. Love is always active. And uh, so there's about 10 directions that love should come from our hearts. Now, probably some of them we don't like where it says, love your enemies, for instance. <laughs> That's in the Bible. And it'd be nice if we had permission to hate our enemies, but we don't. Uh, we need to love our enemies, and sometimes we have political enemies. Certainly in this day and age, we see people intentionally trying to destroy our country. And, and uh, it can be very easy <coughs> for us to uh, hate them. But uh, the Lord faced uh, enemies from the government in his day. Uh, Pilate, right? Herod, and then religious leaders who were his enemies, Caiaphas, Annas, a lot of the Pharisees and priests. And uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus loved them. And um, he showed us how, and he kept his mouth shut during a lot of that. But uh, that's something just for you to take home. That has nothing to do with the sermon tonight, although I am going to speak about love this evening because of the season we're in, uh, and uh, I, I had spent quite a bit of time uh, on power recently, because there's in the, the, in the bulletin there's a list of uh, seven uh, sources of power that are available to you and through you, and we, we don't want to be a powerless church. We, we want to be a powerful church that has great influence and effect on others, and that takes individuals who will pursue the things that bring the power of God on our lives so that we can affect people and influence them. But then we, we've got to be affected first, though. So it's the power of God in us and then through us. And so that little outline is in your bulletin uh, tonight. And uh, then that other sheet I just gave is for you to take home and look over it if you have a wife. Uh, maybe go over it for some devotions this week. If you have children, maybe go over it for devotions with your children this week or grandchildren come over and just, just say, now these are ten directions that God wants us to have love in our hearts towards. And uh, that will be helpful. I can think of a couple other spokes that could go on there that weren't on there. And maybe you can too. And if you can... Uh, let me know next week. Write it down and a scripture reference. Don't give me your opinions. 
But uh, if there's some other directions our love should go uh, from our hearts, let me know, because I'd like to update that little uh, diagram. That was from 10 years ago. Here's one I thought of that's not on there. And I thought about this today in 1 Thessalonians 5.13, 12, let's start there. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. So another spoke we could add is, is that we should love our ministers. We should love our ministers, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. We have some ministers in our church here, and our pastor is not here with us tonight. Uh, he's a good man. The Lord has blessed us uh, with a good pastor for our future to go forward. And I think God has blessed this year uh, under Pastor Barron, and we wish he could be here. He's going to be gone a little bit in March. He's got to do. He's got to clean up some business there in the Philippines. I mentioned that, and take care of his dear mother uh, too, who is over there. And uh, so, but uh, I'm I'm very very happy with uh, Pastor Chris. I love him uh, very much, and I thank God for sending him our way. And for the others that minister in this church, we should love our ministers. Ministers aren't always loved. Uh, Spurgeon said, you know, all the books that Paul wrote to all the churches, he ends with grace and peace be unto you. But to the ones that he wrote to the pastors, Titus and Timothy, it says grace, mercy, and peace be unto you. And uh, he added the mercy there because uh, they need mercy. They're, they're in the spotlight. They may make a mistake, may say something that's wrong, may say something wrongly that is right, and they just need mercy. And there's so few of us. There's so few ministers. we got to get behind everyone we have. And so we should love ministers, whether they're pastors, evangelists, missionaries coming through, uh, uh, on deputation or furlough, um, whoever they might be. We, we, should, we need to love them. So if you know of any other spokes we're missing, let me know. And write it down so we can update that, because we want to we want to love. Now, our text, of course, is these 57 famous words that define charity, but it's not limited to these 57 words. It's just a good start. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, <clears throat> but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. So there you have 57 words that uh, expose to us at least 16 different facets of love, agape love, charity, God's love. And there's a whole lot more. Um, I have a, a glass diamond, you know, I bring it to the pulpit sometime with all these facets cut into it. And that's what love is. There's a lot of facets to love. One verse, said, one verse says about love, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. That's a, that's a facet of love is chastisement when God spanks us in some way in our life to, to get our attention, straighten us. There's so many uh, different facets of love. I, I was reading in uh, Numbers this week in my devotions. Oh, I forgot where it is now. 
But it says something about he does not regard iniquity in Israel, nor... Um, but anyways, I, I, I'm not quoting it right, but I wrote in my Bible next to that verse, love is blind. That's a facet of love. God doesn't see sin, didn't see sin in Israel. That was his wife. She was perfect. And, uh, you know, he didn't regard that. And love is blind. That's a facet of love. When you really love somebody, they're just perfect. They're just perfect. You just, you just, uh, the, the little faults. And I thank God for that truth. Love covereth a multitude of sins. There's another facet of love. Amen? Just covers a, a multitude. It's not a few sins here and there. Love covers. God loves us and he just covers a multitude of sins. And you know, when we love somebody, we all just, just, just cover a multitude of sins. We don't need to repeat stuff and tell others or keep bringing it up and throw it in their face 20 years in a row or something like that because of something they did so long ago. No, no. We need to love like God, and it takes the work of the Holy Ghost in us. So I, I'm always preaching to myself about love because uh, I need it. Man, I need it. It's, uh, it's the, the highest of all the Christian graces you can pursue. It's, pursue is charity. The top rung, Peter said, of the latter, of Christian graces is, is charity, which is the bond of perfectness. The bond of perfect. You don't get any higher in uh, growing in the Christian graces than charity. And so that should be our pursuit. It's kind of a lifelong pursuit. But we should be getting better and better and better at love than... Uh, when we really started out in the faith, more people by some people by nature are more loving. Uh, they grew up in wonderful homes where they were nurtured in love. That's all they knew. Uh, others of us hardly knew any love, and we got saved. We had to learn everything from the ground up. And um, but uh, it's something that you and I uh, need to uh, have love. The Bible just says we're, we're tinkling cymbal, we're sounding brass, we're just making a lot of noise. And anything we do counts for nothing unless it's done in charity. Well, love's going to take a bashing in the last days. It's gonna, love is going to absolutely have its brains bashed out in the last days by the human race. Jesus spoke prophetically. If these are the last days, Jesus spoke prophetically in Matthew 24, 12 and said this, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Just before that, he said, And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Do you, do you see any hate in the world? Have you noticed any hate in the world lately? Uh, boy, it's everywhere. Love is taking a bashing today. Why? Because iniquity shall abound. I mean, iniquity is just, just, just pouring out into our society like a broken sewage pipe. Because there's, there's so many ways to access iniquity. There's so many ways to access sin. And it's so easy. It's at our fingertips. And because iniquity shall abound, because there's going to be so much, the love of many, iniquity has a, it has a horrible, horrible effect on uh, love. Sin does. In, um, uh, well, let me go to, uh, of course, Second Timothy uh, three talks about the bashing that love 
will take in the last days. And this is, again, another prophecy, this one by Paul, you know it. It says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, that's not on our chart there, is it? Love from the heart, those ten spokes, we're not supposed to have love for ourselves, but because there's going to be so much self-love in the last times, it's going to produce perilous times. Self-loving people are the worst people on earth. It's uh, the most perverted form of love there is because charity, the love of God, is defined as the unconditional giving of oneself to others or for others with the expectation of absolutely nothing in return. That's what charity is. And self-love is just the total opposite of charity. And so we're going to have a tough time in the last days, um, loving. But there was a man about 10 years ago, I came across an outline he gave, and I'll share it with you tonight, about five actions of love, five actions of love. He called it five languages of love. His name was Dr. Gary Chapman. I've never read the book, but I've, I've seen, you know, the advertisement for the book and the chapter titles. And so I've taken the chapter titles and made it my uh, outline tonight. And some of you maybe have heard this. I think I've spoken on this at least once before. Dr. Chapman really does the body of Christ a tremendous favor by making the practice of love very simple in five words. And I want to encourage you to write these maybe on the back of your bulletin or something, these five words. Don't count on yourself memorizing them because you're probably not going to. You probably don't have a sharp enough mind to to memorize them, but if you write down these five words, I appreciate Dr. Chip. I don't know anything about him, never met him, never heard him speak or anything, never read any of his books, but boy, he sure did uh, make this practice of a, a very broad subject quite simple in what he called the five languages of love, and this can tonight be applied in any way to your marriage, to your family raising up your children, to your church, we ought to just come to church loaded with love and ways to show love to the, the body of Christ and any, any one of those directions that love should go. <clears throat> These <clears throat> five, what he called languages or what we'll call tonight actions <clears throat> of love will help us to, to simply, I, I believe, be right with God and uh, practice this in an easy way. And so I just, I just wanted to give Dr. Chapman some credit. I understand he just came out with a book called The Five Languages of Apology. <laughs> that's, that, that's a good art form to know, is how to apologize to someone. I don't know, i never read the book or anything. Number one is with words. Number one with words, we... Uh, can show love uh, to others by our words. Words, of course, are very, very powerful. And I encourage people to memorize Proverbs 18 and verse 28, which says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he that loveth it shall eat the fruit thereof. We need to 
give out love by our words. Now, sometimes you can just say that by saying, I love you. Uh, Your wife needs to hear that. Your husband needs to hear that. And you may say, well, they already know that. Well, say it anyways. Say it anyways. Uh, It has been observed that this whole book is basically God writing down in words, I love you. I love you. Uh, and so that we don't miss it. When you, when you look at one of the grand themes of this book, it's that God loves us. God loves us. You, you can't get past that and read the, from the front to the back and see that God loves us and he says it to us over and over and over and over again. And uh, we should be like the Lord and use words, words of affection, words that give life. And by the way, what is the favorite word, studies have found, of the human race? What's their favorite word they like to hear? Their first name. Okay, their first name. That's why I want to encourage you in our church setting, uh, get a notebook and meet people. Get out of your comfort zone. Meet some people. Find some people you don't know and just say, hey, what's your name? Uh, and, And write that in your notebook. And make up a a prayer notebook, and it'll help you remember names. I know this from experience. Some people think I'm really great with names. It's not true. A lot of times it's just because I simply write down names, and then I start praying for them and praying for them. And some of them you never see again in your life, but you keep praying for them. And if you ever do cross paths with them, you, you can shock them by telling them their first name when you see them at Walmart or whatever. And that's what people like to know. I want to encourage you to to write out a notebook and and, and even get children's names. Try to get the children's names uh, down. And um, use words of affection. Even, uh, well, maybe I'll go on to the next one here. But but at home, you can use words of affection pastor was talking a little bit about his affection for his wife this morning and you can call your kids something buddy you call your wife babe or cutie or gorgeous or something like that in the privacy of your home and uh, value your spouse Uh, even in a perfect world Adam needed a companion and that sure beat being alone when God brought Eve uh, to him and uh, but use words Use words in church, use words in your marriage, uh, use words to your children, you know, and just say, hey, Stephen, I just want you to know I love you. And uh, call your kids by names. Number two is time. Number two is time. Another action of love is by spending quality time with someone. Now, sometimes we can't spend quantity time with people because we may have very busy lives I don't know what all you do but I know some of you are hard workers and you're up early and you get home late and uh, sometimes the time has to be quality time I always wondered about David Gibbs he travels all over the country all over the world preaching and he never takes his wife with him uh, and uh, I can't imagine the quality time they have when he's with her, but he does call her uh, every day, and uh, she has supported his ministry wonderfully. I've heard of missionaries 
who have uh, gone, like C.T. Studd, to the mission field for over 20 years while his wife stayed back and raised money for him. Didn't see him for 20 years. And I'm sure their time that they did have together was quality time. They loved each other. What a wonderful marriage. What a fruitful lives they uh, had in, in uh, uh, I think it was China and India and, and then eventually in Africa. Um, but uh, quality time is, is something that uh, we, we need to spend with loved ones and be careful. In Psalm 139 and verse 17, it tells us about our Lord regarding us. And uh, Psalm 139, 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them, if I should count them. They are more in number than, I, than the sand. Imagine God thinking about us that much. What's he thinking about? He's thinking about us. And then it ends with this in verse 18, or verse 17. When I awake, I am still with thee. That's time. God's still with us when you awake. Uh, it is of the Lord's compassions that we are not consumed for his, uh, his mercies fail not. It says they are new Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. And he has said to us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so God's whole being is about us. I mean, he's got the whole universe out there flying around in perfect order. It's pretty amazing, but I don't think he's spending much time on those planets or moons or galaxies our solar systems, he's got that all just, you know, going. But he's, what's he thinking about? He's thinking about us. The psalmist said, you can't take the sum of his thoughts towards us. They're more than the sand of the sea. God thinks about you all the time. And uh, that should be precious, and he should never leave us nor forsake us. Now, we can't do that. We're not omnipresent like God, but we do need to spend quality time with our loved ones. If you're married, with your children, boy, children need time. That's what they need. They don't need all this junk bought for them and given to them. And, uh, they, need, they need the time, especially of a father. It's like the greatest investment a father can make in his children is time. Time. So many people have issues. I've seen people my age in their 60s that have issues because of something their father did when they were eight, you know, or nine or ten. They never got over it. And uh, we need fathers who will spend time uh, with their children. Watch out for all the time wasters, uh, especially the the internet uh, and uh, the uh, cell phones and emails and endless sports. Does, does sports ever end? It's like such a horrific addiction uh, nowadays in our society. And you got to watch out for that. And just when the kids are around or something, keep the TV off and just spend time with them. You'll, you'll never go wrong doing that. Watch out for even recreation. You can have some recreation once in a while, but you got to watch out for all that hunting and fishing and golfing and 
and um, whatever else uh, people are doing, uh, I want to encourage you to realize that every one of your children has social needs. Every person who attends the church has a social need. There are some, there are people who have left churches for one reason, not because the preaching wasn't good or the music didn't help, and, but because nobody talked to them. People have left churches probably for two millennia over that. Nobody talked to me there. And we need to be sensitive to, that, to what love is, that love, one of the ways we show love to people is quality time and just, just, just try to get around Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, banquets or whatever and say, man, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what your name is. What's your name? Man, I'm glad you, you come and, and try to find out things about them and and uh, we have a man sitting over here uh, this morning. His brother just died uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I try to go up to him every time he's here and uh, talk to him. And uh, you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't know his brother just died suddenly. His big brother, uh, who we love very, very much, just died suddenly. And we need to learn things about people. And, and, and we need to spend some quality time with them. If we can't spend quantity time uh, with them and just, just, just seek them out, talk to as many people as you can because words, number one, and time, number two, are languages of love. Number three is gifts. Gifts. We, I hope, realize that our God is a gift giving God. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He is a God who just loves to give gifts. He's very benevolent. He's very liberal in a right way. That's what the word, good word liberal used to mean. Until it got perverted by our country. Uh, God just, boy, he, I mean, he has even invited you to be joint heirs with Christ someday. So that everything that is Christ can be yours. Uh, It says when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God shows his love towards you and I by giving us gifts and gifts and gifts, daily loading us with benefits and all kinds of blessings so that we should be, as we heard in the sermon this morning, abounding therein with thanksgiving in our Christian lives because God has been just so good to us. I, I, I actually want to preach a sermon one of these days And I'm trying to think of a proper title, but something like God is so far beyond just being good. You know, we we say God is good all the time, and we kind of like, it gets kind of pretty shallow. He's so far beyond being good. So far beyond it. And God is a gift-giving God, and he'll even give you gifts to use to serve him. And he'll help qualify you to serve him and then he'll use you all all of your life to live a fruitful life and uh, it's not 
So much the gift, when we give a gift to somebody else, as it is the thought that we thought about them or we thought about their situation. And uh, some of you maybe have means to think about people deeper than others because you have the means to help in some situations. And, and uh, I can remember some of those times in my past where, where things were desperate, our past, and somebody came through with a gift and wow, wow, you, don't, you just don't forget it. Just like, wow, this person thought of me, this person saw me in this hole. This person saw me in this ditch and they had the means to help me and they did it. And maybe some of you have experienced that also uh, in your life. What a, what a great way to show love is by giving gifts. And we, we do that on Valentine's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries. That's good. But how about just some other time where you're just keen to and sensitive to somebody's need? And you just, you just come through for them, and you just be a blessing to them. Gifts. Uh, number four is service. Service. Another way we can show love, an action towards showing love, very simply, is by serving others. Serving others. It is said of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who's a... Of course, our ultimate example in everything. But in Acts chapter 10, in verse number 38, it says, Now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God anointed him with the Holy Ghost. He went about doing good. To others, helping people, even people oppressed with the devil. We kind of repel from those. I mean, we'd love to say, okay, any normal people in town are welcome at the Faith Bible Baptist Church. But if you're demon-possessed, good luck to you. But Jesus ministered to those that were oppressed of the devil. Demon-possessed boy, demon-possessed girl, demon-possessed man, demon-possessed woman. He covers all the bases in the gospel stories of, of Boys and girls, men and women, who were demon-possessed and how he went out of his way to help them. Service, service is a great way to show our love. It is said about our Lord, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. That's John 21 and verse number 25. The world cannot contain the books of the good things Jesus did in service for others. And then we are told by one of his followers in uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 18, uh, this, the greatest book probably on love, instructions on love is 1 John My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. That's actions. And in truth. And so love should be uh, shown by service. And I always think, you know, if some guy goes out to work 40 consecutive years at a factory, and he has to leave early in the morning, come home late at night, 
I hope everyone in his family sees the love of that father. Sees the love of that father. That's love. Uh, When he'll put in those 30 or 40 years of service to make sure you're fed, you're clothed, you're housed, the utilities are paid, the insurances are paid, the vehicles are up to drivability, and you're educated, and uh, he tries to, to see what he can do as much as he can do as a father. And that dear mother who's up early every morning and, and brought you into this world and had those months and months of difficulty and pregnancy, it's quite, a, it's, it's, it's quite something, I guess, to have a baby. I don't know anything about it. I guess men can have babies now, I'm hearing. But um, it's a different world, isn't it? But, but uh, boy, she brought you into the world and she nursed you and she stayed up night after night after night after night and you were up at 2 o'clock ready to play and she shot and she just wants to rest but she stayed up with you and, and nursed you and, and they say the first five years of your life you need your parents 100% of the time. The next five, from five to ten years old, you need your parents 75% of the time. Ten to 15, you need them 25% of the time. And then after that, you'd hardly need them at all. But, man, they're there. They're there, and they're carrying you in their heart. Uh, Every day, no matter where you go, uh, and they love you, and that mother of yours has served you, you just get a calculator out, and you just figure out how many meals she's made for you, how many times has she done your laundry, how many times has she cleaned the house, and how many times has she cared for you when you were sick, or spent time with you, or read you books or something, and it is unbelievable, the investment by her service that uh, she has shown love to you, number four service. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 34, it says about Jesus again, it says, and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd, and he taught them many things. Can you imagine the things that, that your dad has taught you, the things that your mother has taught you? They've taught you many things. Why? Because they have compassion on you. And uh, they're trying to set you up for a successful life. Yea, most parents even try to set you up for a better life than they ever had. That's the way they think. And uh, that's love. We, we, we need to realize these are the languages of, of love. And then last of all is touch. Last of all is touch. Number one, words. Number two, time. Number three, service. Number four, I'm sorry, uh, number three, gifts. Number four, service. And number five, touch. Now, of course, in the Eastern Hemisphere, uh, this is far more normal and natural uh, than in the Western Hemisphere. We're more of a get-your-hands-off-me type of people. Stay away from me. I can smell your breath. Would you? Don't want to get COVID or nothing. And, but of course, Eastern, keep, keep in mind sometimes when you read the Bible, the Eastern customs that it was written in and how they would love each other and hug each other and kiss each other on the cheeks. Even men 
would give each other a holy kiss. And uh, it says in Luke chapter 15 and verse <clears throat> number 20, and he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And I want you to know sometimes just physically, now over here it might be a hearty handshake, a pat on the back, a, a hug or something like that, and, and uh, it, it could be um, something more quite mild than over in the Eastern Hemisphere. Uh, but still, once in a while, it just feels good to be touched. I know in marriage, it feels good to be touched. I, I know I love it when my wife rubs my shoulders or I'll rub her feet. And uh, even in a perfect world, the Lord said to Adam and Eve, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That literally means to hold on to her, to hug her, to embrace her. And uh, the Lord was laying out the institution of marriage, the leave and cleave principle, leave father and mother, cleave to your wife. There, there needs to be that, that the bonding and the physical uh, touch. Marriage was made by God to be enjoyed. I hope I'm not making any of you feel uncomfortable tonight, but uh, it was made by God to be enjoyed. Ecclesiastes 9 9 says, Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of thy life, the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life, and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. So, you know, work on your marriage. I don't care how many times you've started up and tried again and tried again and tried again, and maybe it didn't, it's not all it should be, but. But uh, touch, we need to touch our children. Don't be cold towards your children, especially you dads. Hug your children. Now they'll get to the age where they'll say, hey, I don't don't want any more of that. All right? But while they're that age where you can hug them, and even when they're adults, if you can hug them, I try to hug my kids sometimes, even now that they're all about 40 years of age. Uh, but, But try to hug, especially those little ones, spend a lot of time holding them and hugging them and sitting close to them and reading the same book over and over and over again and physical touch. So we appreciate this outline tonight. I hope that you wrote it down, and unless you have you know, one of those uh, minds that's photographic. But we can love people. We can show actions five ways. Love is so, so complex of a subject, but so broad, I should say. We should love people by our words. And tell them, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. By our time, quality time. Maybe have someone over to your house sometime. A little quality time. Can't give them but a few hours, but at least it's a few hours they won't forget. Gifts. Gifts. Especially finding the poor and needy. We got, I know, I know people who need cars right now. They're really hurting. They can't get out to church. Uh, things like that, they're, they're in that 60% of the country that's living paycheck to paycheck. It's really a struggle. Gifts, service, and touch. All right, let us pray. Father, we, we pray now for thy help in uh, this. We thank you for this season where we learn about love, but, but Father, it's, it's got to be all year long. 
And uh, we pray that these truths, uh, that we might become experts at all five of them, no matter how we are, no matter how rigid we are or cold we are, that you would change us by the power of the Holy Ghost, for the fruit of the Spirit is love. And give us this kind of love. Lord, help me in some of these areas that I struggle with. Uh, Lord, we pray for a loving church, loving marriages, loving families, that single people would have a place where somebody loves them, and, and hurting people would have a place where somebody loves them. Help us all to remember people's names and, and write down their names, pray for them, and just to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for loving us, Lord. We killed you. We crucified you, and you're going to invite us to your own marriage banquet someday and gird yourself and, and serve us. Uh, you just amaze us, Lord. And we just pray that we could be a little bit uh, like thee. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.